The title of this morning's sermon is A Powerful Witness. Um, I want to, is there anything on your external uh, appearance uh, and the way that you carry yourself which would represent, which would indicate that you're a follower of Christ? The way you do your hair, the way you, uh, the shirt you wear. There was a time, perhaps, that we would identify attire with people that are following Christ, right? Even in the Church of the Brethren, uh, where uh, we would dress in ways that uh, were way different than the world. You sometimes see this, right? We know sometimes when we see old order um, Mennonite or Amish, right? Yeah. Oh, I can tell. They're with him. My hope this morning is that um, I, I hopefully uh, that we reflect again upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, think about Jesus' powerful witness and the, the witness of the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, and that we get to the point this morning where we talk about the church and our witness. Uh, our witness can go, we're witnesses, period. All right? <clears throat> it can be good, it can be bad, it can be neutral. We're, we're witnesses. Would you agree with me? Amen. You're, we're, we're all witnesses. You know, we're witnesses to something. So uh, that's why I prayed this morning just for forgiveness, you know, because we've all failed in our witness, right, this week, um, maybe even this morning, I don't know. Um, uh, we praise God for he, he allows us to, to start again with grace and his mercy. So we thank God for that. So uh, this morning, uh, not so much a teaching verse-by-verse message, but I'm going to invite you to reflect this morning again on the resurrection um, and lead you into some things for us to be praying for uh, and, and potentially pray into that we would be a powerful witness in things that are coming up, one of them being Vacation Bible School. So um, let's look at Acts 1, 1 to 9. Uh, for the, the, the background and the basis for these points this morning. Uh, we believe it's written by Luke. As he starts, he says, In my former book, which refers to the Gospel of Luke, uh, he writes to Theopolis, who might have been his, uh, his sponsor, the one that uh, commissioned him to write an account of this. <clears throat> he says, I wrote all about that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. May God add his blessing to the preaching of his word. The first I'm going to ask you to th- do three things this week, each day. This is my conclusion. Um, 
I'll come back to it at the end. Three things each day. I want you to, I want you to each day this week, I want you to read an account of Jesus' life. Go into the Gospels, read a story, read one of his parables, read one of his teachings to think about his witness and what he taught, okay? That's the first. The second is to ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be a witness for Jesus. That's a simple prayer in the morning. Okay, trying to get you on the right path. Lord, would you use me to be a witness for you today? All right, I hope that you have a desire to do that. All right, this is what following Christ is about, witnessing for him, right? That means your actions, your life, your reactions, and, and, and even your words. And then finally, the third thing I want you to do is at the end of the day, I want you to reflect on each day, on the accounts of the day, and your witness during the day. Now that might be, I recognize this opportunity, Lord, to do this. At the gas station, I was able to hold the door for this person, right? I was able to, to say something. I was able to help someone. Or uh, I didn't react to that person in traffic. Or I was able to do this. Or it might mean, Lord, forgive me because I know I messed up in some of the opportunities I had. That's, your, that's, the, that's what I want you to do. That's what I want us to do today, so that, uh, this week, and in fact, every day, so that we can become a group of powerful witnesses for Christ. So let me take you through some steps to get to that point. The first is to recognize Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of all of this. This is why we consider doing anything for him, right? Because of what he's done, right? Uh, this Luke says uh, in verse 3, after his suffering, Jesus' suffering on the cross is a huge witness to the world. It was a very public thing. It was on a road leading into Jerusalem. He was right there, right? It was public. He was, he was whipped in public. He, was, he suffered. He served. He did these things in public. It was a very public thing. He was a powerful witness. Not just that, that we could see him do this, but why he would do it. He was the one that was to be the sacrifice for the sins. Right? That says a lot about his motivation. It says a lot about the Father's love for us in providing his only son to do this. That's a powerful witness. Right? That's a witness we don't want to forget. That's, that's the thing that we look back every day. It's like, Man, this love is great. This is why when we don't feel like whatever, I don't feel like it. But you say, no, wait a second. Instead of I have to go to worship, it's a simple change in your mind. I get to go. We have the opportunity to worship the Most High today. We have to, to, to read from his word. That's a mental shift. That's a change. That's thinking back into who he is and what he has done because he has demonstrated his love for us. Luke always also said in this that Jesus was a teaching Jesus. He's, he met with them for, uh, with Cleopas and friend, um, and he met with the disciples, and he opened their minds, and he began to teach them about the kingdom of God uh, over a period of 40 days. So Jesus is a powerful witness. We have his word recorded for us. That's why I want us to go back, and just every day, I want us to connect to Christ. There was a, I don't always remember what I preached last week. Do you? <laughs> like, what in the world did I preach last week? <laughs> but there was one that I preached a few, maybe a month or so ago, where the points, the first one of the points was connect to Christ, connect to him. You know, and I still, that kind of just connected Jesus. Look at his life. Look at his story. Right? This is when I preached from John 15. Connect to Jesus. When I go back and I look at his teachings and his words, it gives, you, uh, it gives you insight, it gives you thought, it gives you the kingdom principles that he's laying down for us. 
That's what I want you to do because it's available to us in the word, right? Jesus puts out a powerful witness with his teaching. In this 40-day witness, the disciples saw that he was scarred but alive. They heard him teaching about the kingdom of God. They fellowshiped with him eating and drinking, and they got his instructions. Wait in Jerusalem for the gift my father has promised, and you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they did. So they waited. Okay? Would you agree this morning that Jesus is a powerful witness? He continues to be today around the world. Jesus is a powerful witness, right? And we are with him. And we are with him. Our goal is to become Christ-centered. It's part of our vision, to be Christ-centered. What does that mean, to be Christ-centered? It means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, to think about him, to act it out, right? This is what I want you to do. Christ is a powerful witness in our lives. He continues to teach. He continues to to uh, lead us, right? He is still the good shepherd. The second point is this. The Holy Spirit is a powerful witness, right? Jesus says, I want you to remain there because you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you. Praise be to God that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, he takes up residency within us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We become a temple of the Most High. The first time this happened, it was a powerful witness, right? People said, something's happening. Wind blew through the place. Tongues of fire descended upon the disciples. And they began to, to speak and to pray, and they prayed in different languages. The first interpretation was the incorrect interpretation, is that these men were drunk at nine in the morning. Well, that wasn't the case. They began to speak in languages from the people that are gathered from all over places. The Holy Spirit is a powerful witness. And not just in that initial manifestation, but I believe in the lives of the disciples. Last week I told you that fishermen became teachers, leaders, evangelists, untrained fishermen, and tax collectors. You can go right down the list. Lives transformed. doesn't mean they never fished again. I believe they probably did. But ultimately, they were transformed to live for the kingdom of God. Courageous preaching in Jesus' name. And we read in Acts, if you just flip the page into Acts chapter 2, we see, we see generous giving of materials. People were selling their possessions. They were, they were transformed because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit was convicting them to do that. And we see conversions. The Holy Spirit was convicting them. They were cut to the heart when Peter preached. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in conversion. The Holy Spirit is, spent, is sent to convict us of truth and righteousness. Right? When the Holy Spirit convicts people that they are not right with God, right, they cry out, please save me. Right? So we, it's a participation of the Holy Spirit to convict people. Convict us. This is what I want you to think about in this point. Where is it in your life where you are being convicted that you're doing the right thing? All right? Like you're certain. Holy Spirit is, is yes. He's pressing into me. This is the right action. This is the right thing to do. 
And then on the other side of that, I want you to, to listen and to hear and to spend time in prayer saying, Holy Spirit, where is it that I need to, to repent of? Where is it that you want to fine-tune me? Where, is the, where are the rough edges that you want to sand and take out of my life? What are the habits that, that I need to let go of? Holy Spirit in us is alive and active. We are told, uh, we are told in Ephesians 1:17, Paul's prayer for knowledge and power. He says, I pray that you know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength when he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I want to know that power. I want to live in that power. Right? It's, it's the power to do things that we can't do on our own, that we don't feel like doing. Oh, I don't even feel like doing this. I don't feel like going. I don't feel like going and doing this. Lord, and simply, would you, if this is what you want me to do, will you, will you enable me to do it? Will you empower me to do this? To love, to forgive, to visit, to rebuke. Help me to do it in the witness of Jesus Christ. Would you agree this morning that the Holy Spirit is a powerful witness? All right. So listen to the Holy Spirit. May we have ears to hear his voice. Finally, the last point is the church is a powerful witness. The church is a powerful witness. Let's first talk about the witness of the individual. Each of you has unique gifts and abilities. You go to different places during the week, into different locations, to rooms and settings and jobs. The church has incredible witness power to go and to do into different classrooms, into different settings, different arenas. You and me together, we are that witness. We go. We are the church on the move. That can work, that can work and it does work either for the good or for the bad. All right? Some people say, I don't want any part of the church because if that's what the church is like, Hmm. And some would say the church is a bunch of hypocrites. They preach that you got to be all good and do this and look at, look at what they're doing. We should preach that this is a place for sick people, sinners. We gather together as sinners, redeemed by grace, in need of a doctor, a spiritual doctor who's Jesus, our leader. That's who we are. We all come, this, we all come that, and that's level. It affects all of us. Some of our sins are more obvious than others. But we all come as sinners. So our goal is not to have our witness turn people from Christ, but to welcome them to Christ. Right? So the power to be a positive witness for Christ is when we act like Christ. That's why we read the example of Christ so that we can then be a witness for Christ. And not just our conception of what Jesus is, but what he actually says and does. The power of the individual. It can be positive or negative. We praise God for the opportunities when, when we represent him well. And I thank you for doing that, for representing him well. I've heard stories of, of youth uh, uh, sharing Jesus on the school bus, right? right? And they're courageous, and they, and, they, and they not just in word, but in deed, in helping other students. 
I've heard your testimony of how you were able to share and be a come alongside people that are hurting to help them move just uh, when, when maybe no one else wanted to help people move. Right? I've seen you representing Christ well in many ways. For that, I say, good job. Keep going. That's what we want to do. We want to be encouraged and faith built up so that we can represent Christ in the world. We also want to represent him collectively as a body here, right? That we, that we look like that we are a family of faith, all right? A family of faith. So the encouragement there for me to you is to get to know each other, right? To know names, to say, let's move out of our circles. It's, it's an interesting dynamic at times when I stand back. I'm, I'm relatively new here to this congregation, Coming up on five years. Some of you think he's been here forever. <laughs> There's days where it seems like we just moved in. There are days it seems like we've been here for a while, though. But do we know? I stand sometimes and I watch the fellowship happening. And we have a tendency to move to the circles that we normally move to, talk to the people that we normally talk to. I want you to look and say, who else can I get to know today? Who can I go and talk to? Who can I share? Who can I just listen to and get to know someone else? Especially someone who maybe who isn't being talked to. In the churches that I've traveled to and been a part of, Coventry does a pretty good job at being hospitable, welcoming. Some of you have testified, I felt that when I came in, right? Some of you are newer than I am, and they felt the hospitality. Family of faith means a lot of things. But let's at least try to know one another. The church is a powerful witness. I want you to think back last year. At this time last year, we were involved in a project. It was called the Luke 19 Project. Remember that project? We did certain things. We were given some money, and we tried to multiply that money to send to plant churches. We were part of that. That's part of our witness, our recent witness. We did that. And those two guys, those two men in India, we pray for them, for their protection and their work. They are planting churches. People are being baptized. Families are being changed for the kingdom because we participated. That's part of our witness. That's just one. That's looking back. But I want us to look forward a little bit for upcoming events. We have a new member reception coming up next week. We're going to celebrate that God has done something with lives and families that have come here, and they became, I'm going to be a part of this family of faith. They were baptized into, into the body, right? And we're going to celebrate and say, God, thank you for working in their lives. And we celebrate. That's next week. That's next, next Sunday. We have some who are exploring baptisms, so that's going to continue, right, uh, with new members, but uh, baptisms, baptized into the into Christ. We have a block party coming up, right? That's part of our witness to our community. How many things do we do that go outside of these walls, right? We need to continue challenge ourselves to say, what do we do? How do we impact our community? How do we serve out there? That's one of them, right? And it's growing, right? People, hundreds of people are coming to that that day. It's a chance for us to be involved, to make relationships, uh, and to be a, a witness for Christ, that day. Vacation Bible School was already mentioned here this morning. Is that your desire, church? 
to be a witness for Christ, right? Because sometimes we can just get caught up in doing stuff. It's sometimes good to go back and keep, what is our goal? What, what are we actually trying to do here? Because Jesus has a commission for us. He has jobs for us to do. I'm going to point you to something that's coming up uh, that began with um, a small group of leadership talking and praying about. And it has to really kind of come back to our vision that's in front of us. For us to be a Christ-centered family of faith, practicing one another love from generation to generation. We held that in front of us and we, we analyzed what we're doing. And it's really good to do that every once in a while. In our, in our ministries, in our work, is this bearing fruit? Uh, is God asking us to make a change? And um, so we've been praying over the idea of uh, how we worship and how we're together on Sunday morning for some time. Uh, the history of this format is nearly 20 years old. That, that's before some of you were here. But since around the year 1999 or 2000, the congregation has went to two services. Uh, before that, it was always one for hundreds of years. <laughs> I can say that because we're approaching 300, right? Did you know that? This congregation has a 295th birthday this fall. Anyway. But... Since 2000 to now, there's been two services meeting on Sunday morning, unless we do a unified service. And those dynamics, uh, and they were trying that out and see it, and every so often they would evaluate, is this what we want to continue to do or not? Well, we, we've been answering and, and asking that question on MWM uh, for some time, but we said, so let's give that a little bit more intensity of thought and prayer. And we held that vision in front of us and says, well, Let's think about the pros and cons of doing what we're doing now. What is our witness? Where's the fruit? And what is the potential? And then we expanded the leadership group from talking about that into um, a larger group, which included uh, the whole MWM commission and, and others. And then finally, we brought it to the church board. And the unanimous, unanimous decision is for us to move towards instead of having two services, to go to one. I bring that up this morning because it's my prayer that in this process that we can be a powerful witness together. Okay? <laughs> because I know and you know that when you start to change things, you change my schedule, you rearrange my office, you do things, change can be tricky. It can say, like, hey, you sat in my seat. Huh. Well, I tell you, I've been here for a lot of years. How dare you? <clears throat> my prayer, my hope, is that if we look and we, we re and we recognize that really it's not about my preference, it's about glorifying God and serving Him, and there's greater things that are going on, that we can say, all right, I can get, I, okay, I'm on board. Let's go after it. Here's what, we're going to, here's what we're hoping. I'm not going to list all the pros and cons for you right now. And I will tell you, it's not an easy decision. It's a hard decision. And it's one that I'm sharing with you because I want you to pray for and anticipate. And we're going to have to do some planning and some work to, to do this. Okay? But just these three tags, more, better, and together. More meaning we have more time to connect. More time to connect with each other as the family of faith. 
Less time constraints on the morning, which we're always moving from one thing to the next. We're taking some of that out. We're going to have more time to connect with each other. We're going to have more time to grow with each other in our small groups. And more time to share, where we hear the sharing, where everyone's involved together in that. So we think we're going to go after the word better, meaning that we put all of our talented people in one room. I think about this sometimes when I think about a sports team. You got, you, got 12, you got 12 pretty good players. If you split them into two teams, they're going to be divided. But if you had them all together in one opportunity, there's a lot of resources right there. We're going to put everyone together and hopefully produce uh, better. Now, when I say that, I, I have some reservations. What does better really mean? Right? Better doesn't always just mean like the lights work really well and everything was on key. Better, the goal I hope for all of our worship leaders is engagement with you so that you can engage with him. That's the, role of the, that's the role of the worship leader. That's the role of the preacher. It's not just say, hey, preach a good sermon, but preach that faith is increased, right? It's not just, let's just play our music so well and have great songs and say, oh, that was wonderful. That was great. The goal for the worship leaders is to engage the body of Christ to worship the one who's worthy. Engagement. That's our goal. That's what's better. That's why, hopefully, when we put dramas up here with Cleopas and his friend, right, and Jesus, you were engaged in a way that maybe was different than me just reading it. Was that true? Were you engaged in that drama? Did you see Jesus break the bread for them, right? Focusing better, focusing resources and planning on one service. And finally, one of the keys is together, right? We have one here, a generation to generation, a multi-generational thing. It's a beautiful thing to see children filling the stage, right? It motivates us to live as witnesses for Christ so these kids can see Christ in action in our lives, right? It motivates us to be involved with Vacation Bible School and to support youth ministry because we believe that if we plant the word and we show the word and teach the word into our kids, it'll have an impact on them, not just them, but their families and the community, right? Now, putting everyone together at times like that I told the group that's planning, it's like, listen, sometimes at Scoob and my family's together that we have some separate rooms, right? Because we need a break from family and doing this and doing that. When we go from two to one, it inevitably is going to change your Sunday morning experience. It will. But we're going to try to push up the positives, the potential, and, and pray that the Holy Spirit works in a mighty way within us to let the things that, hmm, that's a little uncomfortable to me, to kind of fall away. We focus on the potential gain. What will our witness be, church, as we do this? This is what we're looking at for a time schedule, like a 9 to 10 a.m. Sunday school or small groups. Transition time is 10 to 10, 15. And I think maybe during that transition time, we'll probably be doing some pre-service stuff here, um, gathering and calling people to worship, and then worship at 10, 15 a.m. Some of you are like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. I can sleep in another hour or two. Now, listen, for those of you who are doing that, that come a little bit late to this service, that's not a license to get here at 10.30. 10, 15. 
Some of you might say, you know what? I really like to have the 8.30 service because I could go to church. I could get that in, and then boom, I'm out. I got all Sunday, 9.30 on. So we're asking and say, I know that's going to be a change, but this is when the family is going to get together for worship. We hope it's so important for you to do that. We want you to pray about that. It will be a change. I think there's great potential for us being together. You know, it's a little bit like when we get together on Christmas and Easter, when we bring all the musicians and we bring, you know, there's a lot more people involved here and these things like that, right? Some of you are like, that was so great, you know, all this. We're going to need the Holy Spirit to work for this to, to, to be glorifying to God and for this body to be a powerful witness. Our natural tendency, all of us, every single one of us, is to think about how was that for me? How was it for me? And really, I want to encourage all of us to think, how was it for our Father in heaven, in Jesus? Did I come and lift him up? Did I participate as best I could because he is worthy? Or did I cross my arms and say, I don't, I ain't, uh, no, I don't do that. They're in my seat. I've got so much other things I could do today. The church is a powerful witness. Three things for us to aim for this week. Praise team, would you come back up? Three themes. Here's your, here's, here's your takeaway from all these things. Each day, read an account from Jesus' life and say, Jesus, thank you for your witness. Maybe you'll read about Jesus' teaching on, on the Good Samaritan. And you'll have an opportunity that day to participate in that story by seeing someone in need and stepping out. Each day, ask the Holy Spirit to help you be a witness for Jesus. And then at the end of the day, reflect on the accounts of the day and your witness during the day. I pray that you and I, this week, day by day, can be a powerful witness for Christ. Amen? Amen. Will you stand and sing?